There's something very powerful in this medium, I think, that has drawn us all here. If you're thinking about trying to start a podcast or a radio show, don't think about doing it all yourself. This is a collective thing. There's something about audio that is um, not just practical, but also extraordinarily intimate, right? I don't think it's hard to get people to listen to work. I would be talking to somebody for an hour and use like two quotes in my story, but then you would be like, this person is amazing, they're so charismatic, they're so funny. You can bring them to people in all of that sort of energy and vibrancy on audio. For you, the nine-to-fiver, just making your way home. For you, the all-night driver, out in your cab alone. For you, waiting for lunch break, as the minutes drag so slow. Take courage, turn the volume up, it's Labor Radio. <laughs> Welcome to our special Pod Extra edition of the Labor Radio Podcast Weekly. Please take a second now to subscribe to the show so that we can let you know when we post future episodes. Also, please share the show now with a friend or colleague who you think would also enjoy it. We're building Labor Radio Podcast Solidarity one activist listener at a time. The Labor on the Airwaves panel attracted an overflow audience at this year's Labor Notes conference. A show of hands revealed that about a third of those in attendance already had shows, while another third was interested in finding out how to start their own shows. Working People's Max Alvarez hosted a panel that included belabored hosts Sarah Jaffe and Michelle Chen, Heartland Labor Forum's Judy Ansel, thanks so much for the network shout-out, Judy, and Jamie Partridge from Labor Radio on KBOO-FM. Whether you have your own show, want to start a show, or just enjoy listening to Labor Radio shows or podcasts, I think you're going to find this discussion fascinating. I'm Chris Garlock. Here's the show. Are we ready, gang? Yes. Okay. Everyone ready? All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> so, welcome, everyone, to uh, Labor Notes. Um, and thank you all so much for coming to our panel on Labor on the Airwaves. My name is Maximilian Alvarez. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Real News Network in Baltimore, and I host the podcast Working People, and I could not be more honored to be amongst my labor radio podcasting heroes and to be here with all of you. So I wanted to just start by thanking all of the panelists for all the great work that you do and for being here, thanking all of you all for choosing our panel, and I'm sure we're going to have a fun, lively discussion. <clears throat> and of course... Let's take a quick moment to give a shout out to the Labor Notes organizers for their heroic efforts putting this on. So they're probably running around in like 5,000 different directions right now, but we appreciate their service. Um, so, you know, today's topic, for obvious reasons, is, is very near and dear to my heart. You know, in many ways, I started my own podcast, Working People, because I needed some way to get my dad, Jesus, to talk about what our family had gone through during the Great Recession, culminating in our family losing the house that I grew up in. And we weren't talking about what was going on. 
it was like this giant monstrous black hole somewhere at the center of our family that we were all tiptoeing around every single day. It was at that time, <clears throat> you know, when our family was really ripping itself apart that I realized I had to get my dad, who wouldn't go to therapy, wouldn't talk to us, I had to find some way to get him to talk about it. And so I presented him the opportunity to be my guinea pig for the first episode of this podcast. And what struck me is that as soon as the recorder was on, he opened up to me in a way that he never had in my lifetime. We talked more openly about his life, how he came to be the person he was, uh, what it was like for him losing everything, um, and why he voted for Donald Trump in 2016 as a Mexican immigrant. We opened up, and there was something about the recorder being on, knowing that other working people were going to hear it, that made him more willing to share that openly and vulnerably. And I'm very, very grateful to him, and we've gotten a lot closer since then. And so that's what I've been thinking about approaching this panel from the kind of podcaster side. But I've also, in preparation for this panel, I've been listening to everyone's um, shows religiously in the mornings. And it's been really striking me just how different of a vision of the world that I live in I get when the voices that are playing out of my phone when I'm pouring my coffee are Michelle, Sarah, <laughs> Judy, and Jamie, and not you know your standard mainstream media pundit talking about what's going on in Washington, DC. There's a very real shift that happens, and there's something very powerful in this medium, I think, that has drawn us all here. And I'm so excited to learn about how everyone here is engaging with that medium and learning lessons that we can all take uh, away from this, however we want to use audio or approach audio or integrate it into our lives. I could not be more honored to be joined by our panelists, who I'm going to introduce really quick, and then we'll get rolling with the first round of questions. So to my immediate left is Judy Anselm, a longtime labor educator who directed the University of Missouri, Kansas City's labor education program for 29 years. She produces the Heartland Labor Forum at 6 p.m. on Thursdays on Kansas City Community Radio. To Judy's left is Sarah Jaffe. Um, Sarah is currently a reporting fellow at the Type Media Center and an independent journalist covering the politics of power from the workplace to the streets. She's the co-host with Michelle Chen of Descent Magazine's Belabored Podcast. To Sarah's left is Michelle Chen, who is a contributing writer for The Nation. She is also a contributing editor at Descent Magazine and a co-producer of Asia Pacific Forum Podcast and Descent's Belabored Podcast, which she co-hosts with Sarah. And to my right is Jamie Partridge. Uh, Jamie is a retired letter carrier and a lifelong rank-and-file union activist and organizer. He's also the host of Labor Radio on KBU, volunteer-powered, non-commercial, listener-supported, full-strength community radio for Portland, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest, and the world. Let's give it up for our panelists. Jamie, if you could like give the audience a sense of your labor radio origin story and talk a bit about what you have found really exciting and productive or unique about working with the medium of audio over others. Jamie Partridge is a retired letter carrier and a lifelong rank and file union activist and organizer. He's also the host of Labor Radio on KBU. Volunteer-powered, non-commercial, listener-supported, full-strength community radio for Portland, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest, and the world. We had a labor radio show on KBU 
for the last 30 years, and it just came out of the troublemakers, you know, wing of the labor movement, right? Uh, it was the TDU folks who got it going, and folks in CWA and SEIU, and then my union, Letter Carriers Union, uh, one of our activists uh, jumped in, and uh, when he was ready to be done, he grabbed me and said, it's your turn. And the labor radio, I mean, I, I thought, well, I would like not really get into it until after I was retired, but somehow, you know, it was my turn. And it's always been uh, a, uh, a family of troublemakers, you know, in the, in the labor, the local labor scene, who were very involved with their, you know, their own unions and fighting the boss and, you know, uh, cross-union solidarity. And we saw this labor radio show, which is once a week on Mondays, you know, from 6 to 6.30, and drive time, right, as a way to reach out to uh, rank-and-file union members across the city um, to, you know, ed educate, educate, organize. And it, we saw it as part of our you know, our, uh, our solidarity efforts in the city. Judy Anselm, a longtime labor educator who directed the University of Missouri, Kansas City's labor education program for 29 years. She produces the Heartland Labor Forum at 6 p.m. on Thursdays on Kansas City Community Radio. So I'm from Kansas City. Our show started uh, because our community radio station started it, it went on the air in 1988. It's KKFI. And unlike most community radio stations, it has 100,000 watts of power, which means it reaches like a, almost a 100-mile radius around Kansas City. So we even get to places like Topeka. Um, and, uh, and so uh, the IBEW, Local 124, wired the station as part of their community service. And in payment for that, they were offered a labor show. The show is really aimed at not only reaching our labor community, which is a fairly strong labor community, and, and telling the stories of rank and filers, as well as leaders, but it's really aimed also at the general public in trying to inform the general public why unions are so important and how people are, can organize. If you're thinking about trying to start a podcast or a radio show. Don't think about doing it all yourself uh, because there's a lot of people out there who have the potential to be good interviewers, good technical people, um, good uh, finders of guests in, in struggles and stuff like that. And if you develop it as a collaborative enterprise, it's much richer. Uh, why I think that you know, this medium of radio and podcasting, because we do both, is so vibrant and wonderful, is because it's so democratic. Uh, access is easy, unlike TV. Writing is a very lonely thing. This is a collective thing. It can be, anyway. And giving voice and teaching people to find their own voice is what has sustained me in doing this for now 33 years. Sarah Jaffe. Um, Sarah is currently a reporting fellow at the Type Media Center and an independent journalist covering the politics of power from the workplace to the streets. She's the co-host with Michelle Chen of Descent Magazine's Belabored Podcast. Hi. So, yeah, I have been a writer, which is 
as Judy was saying, an incredibly lonely business. And I finished grad school in 2009 for journalism when everybody probably remembers what was going on in 2009, which is, you know, capitalism was collapsing. And I was trying to be a labor reporter um, because I couldn't point to that many of them at that point in time. Um, Steve Greenhouse was still at the New York Times and there were a few people, Michelle was ahead of me on this one, um, but there were, you know, but there really weren't that many people. And so I was like, all right, this needs to be done. Um, and then things started happening and there was an uprising in Wisconsin um, and there was the beginnings of the fight for 15 and there was the teacher strike in Chicago. And so about 2012, I was like, you know, like, audio is a great medium for working people in part because like you can listen at work um it is not it requires a different whatever people um different people like to learn in different ways obviously but i think that um i like the portability of podcasts i listen to them in the car i listen to them when i'm out for a walk i used to you know my morning would be like walking my dog and listening to whatever i was listening to and I was like, this is just a different way to make the same thing accessible. Um, and also just, you know, as a print journalist, I would be talking to somebody for an hour and use like two quotes in my story. But then you would be like, this person is amazing. They're so charismatic. They're so funny. The jokes don't really work as well on the page, but you can bring them to people in all of that sort of energy and vibrancy um, on audio. And so I sort of made a joke to somebody that I wanted, you know, dissent to pay for us to do a labor podcast. It was me and Josh Idelson at the time. Um, and Josh left us fairly quickly. And I recruited Michelle to come along, even though she wasn't sure she had time. Yeah, and I still don't. You still don't. It's yeah. true. She doesn't sleep. Um, and yeah, and now we've been doing it for nine years, which is bonkers to me. Um, in that time, podcasts have become sort of huge business. Um, narrative podcasts, things like Serial that have like millions of people listening to them, but also the sort of, you know, the, the left-wing talk radio version of podcasts. And we've basically kept to the same format for all that time because I think it works. Michelle Chen who is a contributing writer for The Nation. She is also a contributing editor at Descent Magazine and a co-producer of Asia Pacific Forum podcast and Descent's Belabored podcast, which she co-hosts with Sarah. My first experience with audio was, uh, I think, college radio. I had just come out of a background of doing zines, back when zines were a thing. And, um, and so I had um, kind of a, an enduring interest in different ways people uh, can create media at a grassroots level and engage not just in sort of one-to-many communication, but uh, something much more interactive. Um, and as our communication sphere has become more digital over the years, uh, I think podcasting has sort of filled the role that perhaps community radio did um, historically, or perhaps zines did at one point uh, in, in sort of our literary uh, culture. And I came on to uh, Belabored with Sarah. I think I, uh, I became uh, much more sort of fascinated with how uh, podcasts today can uh, sort of bridge um, some sort of cultural gaps in terms of the people making media and uh, sort of the voices that we sort of hear in media. And there's something, as Sarah and others were noting, there's something about audio that is um, not just practical, um, but also um, extraordinarily intimate, right? I wanted to go back around the table. We, we already started touching on this, but I was wondering if, if we could like zero in on some standout examples from all of you when 
you felt that audio helped you achieve something journalistically that perhaps you couldn't through other mediums. So here's the, uh, the theme song for our weekly labor radio show on KBOO. For you, the nine to fiver, just making your way home. For you, the all night driver, out in your cab alone. For you, waiting for lunch break, as the minutes drag so slow. Take courage, turn the volume up, it's labor radio. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, does anybody in here know who wrote that song? And who sang? Who sings it every week? Every week? Do you? No. Al Bradbury, oh. director of Labor Notes, used to be a co-host on KBOO's Labor Radio. So, I think somebody once told me, and it might have been Jim Hightower, who my friend Chris there once worked for. Um, radio is a storytelling medium. People listen to radio because they get sucked into stories of people's lives. You want to get rank and filers on to tell their stories. That's what makes good radio. I think that one of the things is like, again, when you're writing an article, you sort of interview everybody separately and then you put their quotes in and you put them into conversation with each other, sort of. But it's really fun to put them into conversation on the air. And I was thinking specifically of the episodes that we did in, was it 2018, around the CTU strike and then the UAW strike, where we had a rank-and-file worker and then also like a labor historian on to talk with them to actually say, like, we're going to situate this in the historical context, but we're going to do that not like here is the expert who is going to tell us about it and here is the worker who is going to tell us about their feelings, but actually we're going to have them have a conversation where we're thinking about like producing history now. Um, and I thought those were really great episodes. I mean, I love those kind of curated conversations that we did with um, the UAW, with uh, I think Ruth Milkman. You know, Ruth had actually done um, research on uh, you know auto plant workers like 20, 30 years prior to that strike, yeah. and so it was amazing to sort of look at her historical perspective. Even though she's a sociologist, her field research had yeah. uh, was uh, you know had was decades old at that time, and yet the same to see the same issues persisting, maybe in a slightly different form or mm -hmm. framed it in a different way. Uh, in another part of the country with, you know, someone with another auto worker um, was really interesting just to see how labor issues can uh, endure, right, um, uh, even through many generations of workers. And I think one of the, one of the, the challenging things for the labor movement um, and, and I guess, you know, a lot of social movements is this idea of sort of institutional memory and sort of mm. collective memory. And I think the type of storytelling that is captured in the audio medium, especially long form narrative audio is uh, just getting that raw audio, you're starting to get into sort of oral history territory there, or you feel like you are preserving someone's voice for posterity and elevating it in a way that may never have uh, transpired if you didn't have this forum here that was just open for people. I think, uh, you know, radio, depending on the format that you, you're in, it does give you, um, it can give you much more flexibility. Um, and it can also give you much more freedom uh, uh, when uh, selecting the, the, the kinds of guests that you want to have on and the kinds of conversations that you want to curate. And it's a little bit like organizing, which is sort of like, you're trying to get the right people in the room together, so.
Let's let's talk about those challenges that Michelle <laughs> mentioned, right? Um, I don't know how many of y'all are, are thinking of getting into audio or working with audio already, but we want to give some sort of practical uh, tips and pointers and, and talk about our own experiences with the challenges and barriers to working with this medium. So so let's let's go back around and, and talk about some of these practical challenges. Um, and in the in the next uh, question, we'll talk more about strategies for building up this medium, but if you guys have any practical tips to offer, by all means, go for it. Uh, Jamie, we'll go with you. In terms of the, the, the challenges of getting out there with what we're doing, I mean, you all saw what I was passing around here, right? This little handbill. This is what we've been using for decades, right? And we bring them to every, you know, tables and labor meetings and, um, you know, any kind of progressive functions in the city. but. Now that we have, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, we also get get actually links, you know, to our to the website uh, to get, to be able to promote it that way. Um, but uh, we really encourage people that we interview to take a hold of this, you know, and use it for their organizing, you know, and uh, and think of uh, think of the interview as a as as a message not only to the broader public, but to their members. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so those are some of the ways that we promote, but we're really not trying to compete <laughs> with the larger podcast universe. Uh, you know, we're just trying to build a labor movement in our town and in our area. Well, I think that's a really great point though, right? Because like one of the challenges could be that you feel that the only way to be successful is to you know, grow your audience. But if you are actually really helping people in your area and your radio show becomes a tool for organizing people there, like that's important, right? Because it's very easy to get sucked into the belief that the only way you're gonna make a difference is if you you know, get a blue check next to your name on Twitter and you have hundreds of thousands of listeners. But oh, let me just add one more thing, which is yeah. that I got started with putting this on the website as a podcast because letter carriers weren't listening to the show, but they would listen to it while they were delivering the mail. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay, so obstacles, challenges. Um, we, our, our show wants to be, you know, a voice for Kansas City labor. And what that means is that we want the gatekeepers to rank and filers who are the union leaders, the elected leaders, to help promote the show and, and talk it up and stuff. The labor movement in general is not particularly familiar or comfortable yet with podcasts and even with radio. They're very print oriented, historically, I think. The other thing I will say is that the labor institutions do not really care about independent labor reporters. They really want to get a quote in the New York Times. Exactly. Even though the story that I write is going to be a much better story than the one in the New York Times. I think, contra what Max said, I don't think it's hard to get people to listen to workers. I think people love listening to workers. 
And you can see that, that like as, and this is an interesting cycle that's happened in the last 10 years or so, is that as more of sort of young, hip online media unionizes, there are more union stories because more editors know what right to work means now that they've had to fight it being in their contract that's late, right? Now you know what that is, as opposed to just like people thinking it means your unions are banned. Um, so I think people would love to read about workers. Look at all of the attention given when the ALU won their election. Mm -hmm. Everybody and their mother wants to hear Chris Small's talk, and that's great. I don't think it's hard to get people to listen to workers. I think it is hard to get funding for this kind of work because the newspapers can't sell ads against it because we're criticizing the bosses. And they want the, you know, they want the audience that buys the Lexus. I think people are fascinated by workers' stories and are fascinated to see, hear someone or see someone in the news that they identify with, right? And I think that can be one of the very powerful things about labor journalism. And, and, um, and I think that there, you know, I think part of the reason podcasts are successful now is because we have this sort of obsession with, like, storytelling writ large, uh, and not the storytelling that we're talking about here, but there's sort of this concept of storytelling, like, TM, that's just sort of, like, a very, like, um, sort of, like, depoliticized <laughs> sort of, like, way of just getting people to talk about their lives, right, with no political analysis behind it, with no sort of broader contextualization, right? So I think that the work of labor journalism is to draw those connections, right? You do want personal stories. You want heart-wrenching stories. You want people to be compelled by what they're listening to, right? You also want to realize that that person is not simply an individual with a tragic story, right, or someone that you can personally identify with because, you know, everybody works and everybody goes through this, right? But you also want to, like, sort of channel that engagement into something that's proactive, that gets people to think critically about things that uh, we take for granted as the status quo and maybe tries to get people to envision a different way of doing things or a different way of looking at work. I wanted to ask folks, um, you know, like if there's someone in the audience, right, who wants to incorporate audio into their organizing or wants to start a podcast, is wondering how to get into this, like what sort of like practical lessons we can really leave people with that they can take away and use like in my uh, life, I've seen it kind of be a question of format, right? And, and kind of like being a responsible host, right? Understanding that the audience isn't just going to accept whatever you put out. You gotta put something out there that is gonna grab people, that's produced well, right? And, and that keeps their attention, right? So you gotta be a very responsible sort of voice in, in other people's heads. And you gotta like treat them with that sort of Respect. I really want to talk about an organization that has just been formed in the last couple of years that is, is really aimed at helping more people become labor podcasters, and that's the Labor Radio Podcast Network. And it is a network of producers, of labor producers, from not just all over the country, but we have members in Canada. We have, uh, we have one guy in Australia and two guys in Australia. Okay. And we do a Zoom meeting once a week just to sort of share stuff and strategies and stuff like that and find out, out about new issues. <clears throat> but we also have a web page which lists, I think it's 175, is it, Chris? Over 150, I've lost track. Okay. Labor podcasts or radio shows that have become part of this network. I mean, it's amazing. I think there's a real renaissance going on. Of, of people doing me labor media in this format. And <clears throat> that's great. We can get ideas from one another. 
um, and we can help promote one another. And it's in, you know, some are really specialized and, and some, some belong to unions that are just talking about that particular union's issue. And some of them are more general, like, like ours here. And the other thing is that, you know, we want to become a, an organization that helps train and give strategies to people and, and really help us become a much bigger thing collectively. Highlights from the Labor on the Airways panel at this year's Labor Notes conference, which just finished on Sunday. Working People's Max Alvarez hosted the panel. You also heard belabored hosts Sarah Jaffe and Michelle Chen, Heartland Labor Forum's Judy Ansel, and Jamie Partridge from Labor Radio on KBU FM. That's a wrap for this Labor Radio podcast, Pod Extra. Please take a second to subscribe to the show so we can let you know when we post future episodes. Also, please, please, please share the show now with a friend, colleague, anybody you think would also enjoy it. We are building Labor Radio podcast solidarity, one activist listener at a time. Remember, you'll find all the Labor Radio Podcast Network shows at laborradionetwork.org. You can also find them. You use the hashtag LaborRadioPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today's Labor Radio Pod Extra was edited and produced by me and our social media guru, as always, is Mr. Harold Phillips, along with Mel Smith. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Labor Radio Net. Find out more on our website, laborradionetwork.org. For the Labor Radio Podcast Weekly, this has been Chris Garlock. Stay active and stay tuned to your local Labor Radio Podcast show.